<laughs> hey now, it's Jay Scott Smith here, the host of JSC Radio, which you can now hear on Stitcher Radio. That's right, Stitcher is radio on demand. Now you can download the free app today and it's available on iOS, Android, as well as Nook and Kindle Fire. You can take JSC Radio anywhere. The app is free. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Now, if you're wondering what Stitcher is, Stitcher is an award-winning free app that lets you listen to all of your favorite shows, plus discover 40,000 news, entertainment, and sports shows, such as JSC Radio. You can create custom playlists. You can rate and review this show and others on Stitcher. Please drop a friendly review on the show. Not only is Stitcher available on all smartphones and tablets, it's also in over 4 million car dashboards. It's on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory on any of your devices. You can stream your favorite podcasts, like JSC Radio, for free on Stitcher. You don't have the Stitcher app? Simple. Go to Stitcher.com today or check out the App Store on whichever device you use. Stitcher Radio. Be sure to check it out. This is JSC Radio. Sean Merritt coming back at Karani James, but it's Van Niekerk leading at the moment. The South African now beginning to tire, or is he? He's putting away. It's an unbelievable victory by a huge margin. A century of history and 43-0-3. I can't believe it. He has obliterated Michael Johnson's world record. It was destined to be one of the great races and one of the great days. We haven't even seen Usain Bolt yet. And this has ignited the stadium. Where did that performance come from? The world champion is the Olympic champion and the world record holder. It's a performance to set the hairs on the back of your neck tingling. We've never seen anything like it in an Olympic final. Incredible. Check it out. This is JSC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Remember me? Hey now! How's uh, how's it going? My name is Jay Scott Smith, and this is episode 14, numero 14, of JSC Radio. Yes, I know, I know, I know, damn it, it's been a while. It's been far too long. It's been Hell, it's been close to almost six weeks. The last time I joined you guys was uh, after the terrible week of police shootings, and we just hadn't had a chance to have any fun. And I am back. Not to say that there hasn't been some fun going on. In fact, that's what this episode is about. We're talking Olympics, ladies and gentlemen, as you heard in the intro there. And I'll just get right off into it again. But wait, before I do that, gotta say... I appreciate everybody who's been asking where the show has been. And for those of you who want to continue to support me, be sure to follow me on Twitter at jscottsmith, on Instagram at jscottsmith, on Snapchat at jscottsmith. You know this pattern here. That's where you can get at me, SoundCloud, jscottsmith. Wherever you want to find me, just put down jscottsmith. There's a pretty damn good chance you'll run into me. So, how's it going? Yeah, I know. I guess I owe a little bit of an explanation. Last few weeks have been ridiculously hectic between everything that was just happening prior to the Democratic National Convention. Then, of course, as you know, I'm in Philadelphia, coming to you live from the palatial JSC Radio Studios here in Philadelphia. I I was in Philadelphia for the Democratic National Convention. 
So that swallowed up an entire week. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, it swallowed up an entire damn week of my life. I mean, it was a hell of an experience, but good God almighty. And then I turned around three days after the convention was over. I'm in Washington, D.C. for the National Association of Black Journalists Convention. And that was a damn blast. Shout out to everybody that I met and everybody that I reconnected with in D.C., by the way. Also, the National Association of Hispanic Journalists was there with us for this convention. And all the awesome people that I met there, including running into some people I finally was able to see for the first time. Shouts out to my friend Tanzina Vega, who works over at CNN. Yes, indeed, and I'm going to stay on her ass about getting her on this show. I don't care how long it takes. I'm going to have her on this show, and she's hearing this right now. Yes, damn it, you're going to be on this show, so just mark down whatever amount of time you need you're going to get on the show. Between that and just a bunch of stuff going on, it's been a wild last few weeks, but now I am back. We're in the midst of the Olympics. We're getting ready for the NFL season to come rolling down the pike. Hell, baseball playoffs are about six weeks away. It's hotter than a bitch here in Philadelphia and all up and down the East Coast. Man, listen, it's been nuts. And I apologize for disappearing as long as I did. Should have at least said something about the show. So, hey, I'm just going to spring this on you guys. The hell with it. Why not? Let's take the shot here. To kind of get off into what we're talking about this week, as you heard, to start the show, we're talking about the Olympics. And coming off of just an insane first 10 days of this thing where Team USA has been out here scooping up gold like Scrooge McDuck, where you got Michael Phelps, who has 20 Three total damn gold medals. 23. Dude's been in the Olympics since 2000 where he was shut out. He was shut out in Sydney. Then posted up 23 gold medals. 23 in Athens, Beijing, London, and now Rio de Janeiro. That is insane. That's nuts. Dude, dude, it's like he made swimming appointment viewing. People who don't give a damn about swimming for any of the four years in between the Olympiads are all in on swimming for one week because of that damn Michael Phelps who just finds ways to win. It's like he was unbelievably dominant, like Usain Bolt dominant in 04 and 08 and 2012. This year, he was like the veteran player who you wouldn't think was going to rack up gold medals, but yet when those lights came on, he got the job done. It's crazy. Made watching swimming fun. Because we all know outside the United States, nobody really gives a damn about swimming. We don't. You think we sitting here checking in on just some random ass national championship swim meet? No. As much as, well, I guess now, black folks are going to start paying a lot more attention to swimming because Simone Manuel shocked the hell out of everybody. On a night that was pretty much earmarked to be Michael Phelps' like coronation. Oh, by the way, this 23-year-old dynamic young woman goes out and becomes the first black woman in U.S. Olympic history. In fact, I'm thinking she might be the first black woman ever to win an Olympic gold medal in an individual event in swimming. That's startling. 
and she did it in such a shocking fashion because you hadn't even really thought about it, and she stormed back to end up getting a tie, which, by the way, can we please just extend the timing out to however many decimals you need to go to get a definitive winner? Huh? Is that too much to ask? We, we don't need ties in the damn Olympics for medals. They don't do ties in track and field. They don't do ties anywhere else. This ain't the old NHL. Can we get a gold medalist and a silver medalist? Is that too much to ask? Because that poor girl from Canada, don't nobody give a damn that she tied Simone Manuel. Guess what? I don't give a damn that she tied Simone Manuel. As far as I'm concerned, Simone Manuel won the gold medal. These Olympics have been a lot more fun than I imagined they would be. And yes, it's been just as fun for a lot of the stuff that's gone on outside of the venues. Do I even need to bring up what Draymond Green was doing before we even got on the ground in Rio de Janeiro? Really? Come on, Draymond, stop that. But not even going into that is just between Michael Phelps and then the main event for everybody started in earnest this past weekend and really kicked into overdrive on Sunday night where you have Usain Bolt doing Usain Bolt things. Everybody's seen the picture that Usain Bolt running that preliminary semifinal heat against five random dudes from other countries including Great Britain and and Canada and and Trinidad and Tobago and Zamunda and whoever the hell else was running behind him just to be real that picture of him mugging for the camera where he ran under 10 seconds in the 100 meter and made it look like he was jogging that thing is everywhere but what really jumped out to me Amongst everything else that has happened in the Olympics, bigger than Monica Puig winning Puerto Rico's first ever gold medal in anything, which is pretty damn incredible. Bigger than Michael Phelps going ape all over the place in the pool. Bigger than Katie Ledecky out here being Usain Bolt in the water. Bigger than the women's gymnastic team basically going out there and just scooping up everybody's shine. And we'll get to something dealing with that gymnastics team a little bit later on here too. The most amazing thing to me was Wade Van Niekerk. That's a name you probably hadn't heard much of prior to Sunday night. Wade Van Niekerk of South Africa ran the 400 meter. He was the world champ in the 400 meter coming into the Olympics. He was looking to become the first South African runner to win a gold medal since 1920. He's the defending world champion. They put him in the eighth lane. Now, I ran track. I've run out of that eighth lane before. I've run out of the first lane before. If you've ever seen a track, you notice the eighth lane is often the far outside lane. Most, most tracks are eight lanes. You might have some really big ones that are ten. But if you're on that eighth lane, that outside lane, they basically put you out there because they think you're a jobber who's just there and happy to be running in the final. They put Van Niekerk in that eighth lane. And when I tell you that dude was out of his mind, it's almost like he took being put in that eighth lane as just an extra challenge. He was going up against the last two gold medal winners in the event in the Olympics. Wade Van Niekerk shattered Michael Johnson's 17-year-old 400-meter record. The fact that in this day and age of runners who are just 
hyper-athletic, and some of which you are just juiced to the gills. Hi, Justin Gatlin. To have a record of that stature stand up for nearly two decades is astonishing. Wayne Van Niekirk broke that record by .15 seconds from lane number eight, meaning he had to essentially run the widest gate around that track. He had to run that perimeter of that track faster than anybody else, and not only one, one going away. How insane is that? Well, don't ask me. Michael Johnson was the color man on the call for the BBC. All you really need to hear are the first three words Michael Johnson says as Van Niekirk's run blew his mind so much, I think he short-circuited. Oh my God, from lane eight, world record. He took it out so quick, and I've never seen from 200 to 400 anything like that. What we will want to see is what his splits were. He could have very well have run negative splits, meaning that he ran faster in the second 200 than he ran in the first 200, which would make this even more amazing. Well done to the youngster. We knew, I mean, this guy has gone under 100, uh, under 10 seconds, under 20 seconds, under 44 seconds and now world record. Karani James there, second place, 43.76. That was a massacre from Wade Van Niekirk. I mean, he just put those guys away. Last year, he was dead at this point. He couldn't even get up off the ground. LaShawn Merritt shaking his head, just going, I can't do anything with that. 43.85, what can you do? 43.03. And he's so young, what else can he do? Can he go under 43 seconds? That is something that I thought I could do, didn't get a chance to do it. But this young man has done something truly, truly special. Dude. Oh my God. My, Michael Johnson was a super freak. He was the man. He was that next guy after Carl Lewis. He was the man when I was in high school, when I was running track. Michael Johnson was that guy you wanted to be. It didn't make a difference if you were a distance runner or you were a sprinter. Michael Johnson was the shit. He was that guy you wanted to be. To have him basically say this. Oh my God. Dude. And by the way, big ups to Michael Johnson for handling that with the type of poise and the type of class that is sorely missed in today's society. I don't just mean athletically. You know who I'm talking about. I don't even need to mention his name because you know who it is. But to have that kind of poise and that kind of class and to be legitimately, A, legitimately gobsmacked at what the hell he just saw, and B, to be as happy, legit happy, and legit enthused over Van Niekirk going out there and just taking a blowtorch to his record right in front of him, he handled it. He handled it better than a whole lot of people would have because he thought he would never see it happen. He thought nobody's going to break his record. And Niekirk went out there and shattered his damn record from the eighth damn lane. And Michael Johnson handled that like a champion. He did. 
He completely handled it like a champion. He popped heavy just like everybody else did, especially anybody who's ever run that god-awful 400 meter. Because as I said on Twitter, by the way, again, at J. Scott Smith, as I said on Twitter, pretty much if you want to figure out what it's like to run the 400 meter, try this. Try running three-quarters of a mile at a hard, steady pace. Run, not jog, run at a hard, steady pace for three-quarters of a mile and then for that final quarter mile, I'm going to need you to haul ass twice as fast as you were running the first three quarters. That's the 400 meter. You feel like you've been through hell for 45 seconds in their case. 45 of the worst seconds of your life is the 400 meter. The only thing that's even comparable to it is the 800 meter. I've run them both. They're shit on toast. It's not fun. So to see him run that in 43 seconds... And as Johnson noted, if you were to look at the splits he ran, there's a pretty damn good chance he ran every 100 meters a little faster than the first. That's out of this world, dude. You know it's something when the Jamaican track team stops to watch you and they all look stunned at the result. And speaking of the Jamaicans, that brings us to Usain Bolt. Out here styling on him, stunting on him, and I'm not mad at him at all. If anything, I'd be more shocked if he wasn't. I mean, listen to this. At the gun, Gatlin away, and so is Blake Vico, and here comes both. But Gatlin has a big lead. Can both catch him? Here he is, still invincible. Usain Bolt. It's not supposed to be that easy, Tom. But when you can finish the way this young man has consistently finished over his career, it doesn't matter who gets a lead, they are going to get caught. Well, Tom, with these three Olympic goals in a row, Bolt has now put an enormous gap between him and everybody else in this sport. For your consideration, ladies and gentlemen, Usain Bolt of Jamaica, the best of all time, for a place on your list of the best athletes ever, Ali, Jordan, maybe Phelps after this week, whoever you have on your personal list, what Bolt has done at 100 meters for nine straight seasons and the dominance he's shown over now three Olympic games in a row, I think warrants you making some room on your best of all time athlete list. Oh my God. It happened so fast that Tom Hammond, who was on the call, didn't even have enough time to draw up any sort of narrative that Justin, the masseuse set me up, Gatlin, could possibly win it. Gatlin got out to a quick lead, Bolt, who takes his time coming out of the blocks, partially because I think he's wary of getting caught for a false start and getting eliminated from a race before it starts. That happened to a cat from Bahrain last night during one of those heats. He takes an extra tenth of a second to get out of those blocks. But once he's out of those blocks, he's like the damn Bullet Bill in Mario Kart 8 because he's going to chase everybody down. And Gatlin went from having a decent lead to getting smothered in this thing. Think about that. And we've seen these pictures on Twitter and they're on social media and they're all over the place. You had seven guys out there running for their lives, running as hard as they've ever run in their life. The eighth guy is Usain Bolt, 
who makes them look average. Seven of the fastest men on earth. On earth, bruh. Made to look like total jobbers next to a guy who runs a 9-8 meter dash leisurely. Like he's jogging. I remember 1988 when Ben Johnson, who was roided to the gills, ran 9.79, and it was maybe the most insane thing anybody had ever seen because the thought of a guy running 100 meters in 9.79 seconds is, was just outlandish. It blew everybody's mind. And as it turned out, dude was roided out of his head. It was invalidated. Never thought you'd see something like that again. Remember, Usain Bolt ran this damn thing in 9.58. He did it in under 9.6. Are you kidding me? So to see him run a 9.8, you thinking, hell, he may have lost a step. Even Usain Bolt, even he might have lost a step, Usain Bolt is better than you by 10 miles. That's scary as hell. I'm glad I'm not running against them, and I'm for damn sure glad I wasn't one of the three brothers who got posterized in that infamous photo of him looking back with the Roadrunner Cheshire Cat smile as he cruised home in his heat. Like, what do you do? Like, seriously, what, what do you do? You train that hard to know that the best possible scenario you have, barring him blowing out his knee or getting DQ'd on a false start, the best case scenario for you is the silver medal. And I don't know if I've mentioned this before, me and silver medals... You'll never hear me say someone won a silver medal because you don't win a silver medal. You settle for the silver. It's a reminder that you almost won. I'd rather get a bronze medal because at least I know I'm getting something. At least I know I beat the fourth place guy and the fifth place guy to get this. The only exceptions I make for accepting a silver medal with any kind of pride is when you're going up against Usain Bolt or Wade Van Niekerk or Katie Ledecky or Michael Phelps or any relay team that contains Michael Phelps. At that point, I'm fine with the silver medal. I would have been perfectly fine with a silver medal if I had to be on one of those Jay Brown countries that had to go up against Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Magic Johnson on, on the Dream Team in 1992. I'd happily take that silver medal. That's how great guys like Bolt are. That second place to them, that's an accomplishment. Like, for real. These Olympics have been unbelievable. Both good and bad. Because Rio de Janeiro is a disaster. It is. Rio de Janeiro is a damn disaster. You got Ryan Lochte and three other swimmers getting hemmed up by a bunch of guys posing as police officers and getting their getting all their belongings and everything taken from them. You got cases of of other athletes being robbed as soon as they get off the plane, and you got arsonists setting fire to the Olympic Village. You got the I don't even know what to call that. That's not water that they have down there. You know how bad it has to be when the city of Flint's water is better than yours? That's Rio de Janeiro. And now the open water competitions are starting, and it could turn into 28 days later after you get all those triathletes and water marathoners and boaters into that water. What the hell, Rio and IOC? By the way, if you happen to have HBO... Get on HBO Go and go watch the most recent Real Sports with Brian Gumble. The entire thing is dedicated to the IOC. It is a must-watch if you're into the inner workings of the International Olympic Committee. It's unbelievable. But in a way, it might be totally believable. But you want to know what possibly could be worse than any of the things I just laid out? 
And I'm going to close this thing out. This is going to be a little bit longer than normal single segment episode because, hey, it's been six weeks. Plus, you know, it's my show. I do whatever the hell I want. Maybe what could be the worst, and this is something that was brought up way back in episode two. Social media. It's really, at times, the drizzling shits. Now, don't get me wrong. I made a hell of a lot of great contacts in D.C. and at the DNC and in everyday life. There are a lot of really cool people I interact with, a lot of cool people I've actually met thanks to social media. So don't think I'm sitting here indicting the entirety of social media. But overall, through content, social media is the drizzling shits. It is a bastion of some of the worst of the worst. It's nothing that I haven't already talked about on this show before. It is a place where the most cowardly of the cowardly, the most judgmental of judgmental, the most bigoted of bigoted, most ignorant of ignorant, the most asinine of asinine, the most useless of useless individuals will get on there and feel the need that they're suddenly empowered to pass judgment on, harass, harangue, flat out bully, be rude, mean, obnoxious, and just flat out terrible to other human beings. And they can do so under the cloak of being on social media, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, no matter whether it's Snapchat even. They can hide online because they know they won't get two-pieced because they'll do it in front of someone. That's where we come to Gabrielle Douglas. Gabby! Gabby Douglas. Just four years ago, she was as over as they come. Everything she did, she was this fresh-faced, at the time 16, now 20, fresh-faced, young black girl who came up and was able to survive and flourish in a sport that's, well, let's keep it real, not exactly the blackest thing out there. And she opened up doors for young black girls to be able to do what she's doing and then some. You could easily argue it continued the tradition of opening up more and more doors for people of color, i.e. the two Simones, Manuel and Gabby's teammate, Simone Biles, who has turned into like this little superhero out there, winning three gold medals and looking as dominant as you could imagine. It's like she's Gabby 2.0. She's Gabby 2.0. But the one thing Gabby Douglas had to deal with in 2012, and it's even worse in 2016, are these ass clowns on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram opining about inane things like her hair. Her damn hair. Okay, It was idiotic in 2012 when a lot of people, fair amount of them black women, were going on and on about how Gabby Douglas's hair looked. Because, you know, when you're running at full speed and doing all these different gymnastics events like the uneven bars and the pommel horse and the vault, you're doing all this running and sweating and flipping and doing all this. Of course, your hair is supposed to be 100% laid. Them edges are supposed to be right. Give me a damn break with this. Come on. The way I know that a lot of the people, yes, a lot of the women, because that's where a lot of this tackiness was coming from, don't act like you didn't do it. Don't try to cover up for it. A lot of women came at her. I've seen enough of the posts. 
But it's fun to note that a lot of these women who are making these comments about Gabby Douglas's hair are often women who aren't exactly well known for making a hell of a lot of an effort to get out into a gym or onto a track or dare I say to do some gymnastics or swimming or anything of any other physical activity that would involve messing up your hair a little bit. But then it's like it snowballed the last 10 days because and I'll say this from having seen the Olympic trials when Gabby was there. Yes, I watched the Olympic trials. When Gabby was there, it looked like something was bothering her. Like there's been something on her mind or in her head because she just hasn't felt or seemed right even since the trials. So now she gets to Rio de Janeiro and she's no longer the main event player. She's become the mid-card act, since I'm going to use wrestling vernacular. She's become the mid-card act because, well, Simone Biles and Allie Raisman have suddenly become the headliners in just four years. And mind you, at 20 years old, that's often past the shelf life of being a big-time gymnast for Team USA. The fact that she got back there at age 20 is rather astonishing. But Gabby... She hasn't had the best body language. This is true. I'm not sitting here crapping on her. She didn't have the best body language. You could tell something was bothering her. She wasn't the same bubbly personality she was in 2012. To have people then suddenly questioning whether she was legitimately happy for teammates, questioning whether she really cared, this silliness about her not putting her hand over her heart during the national anthem. And then just coming for and coming for and coming for. And then, of course, you get all the, the Twitter racists and the Facebook racists and the fake patriots. You know, the ones who wave Confederate flags at Trump rallies. Those people coming for Gabby Douglas. And that's not right. And that's not right. And Gabby finally had enough and broke down on Sunday after she got done with everything she needed to do. She was in her one event and came in seventh. And she was just not feeling it. And she talked about it. And she said it's difficult. And I understand that it's difficult for her. Nobody, and I stress, nobody deserves what she got. Nobody deserved the BS that she had to take. Nobody deserved the crap she had to put up with out of people talking about her hair and whether she seemed salty. She might have been. Hell, you're used to winning multiple gold medals and suddenly you're not winning them. As someone who's a competitor, I'd be a salty some bitch myself if I had to sit there. And yes, I would still cheer on my teammates, but don't expect me to be bubbly, happy-go-lucky because I'm not winning. She wants to win. She's a hell of a competitor. And plus, she's just tired of you simpletons talking about her damn hair. Grow the hell up. Seriously. She did more in 10 days than most of your lazy asses have done in 20 years. Hate to break it to you. She's bigger than you ever will be. And she's a bigger and better person than I am because I would have peppered these people with every possible expletive you can think of and told them, damn right, print it. Because Gabby Douglas didn't deserve this silliness. And at some point, I can't even say Simone Biles, she's 19, she'll be 23 by the time the next Olympics rolls around. She may not even be there. Is it too much to ask that for you simpletons on social media, you Twitter tough guys, can you just dial down the stupid? For those of you on Facebook, who believe a meme before you actually believe a fact. How about you chill out whining about her facial expressions 
or for God's sakes, her hair. The hair thing really pisses me off, if you can't tell. Like, people were really making a big deal. If someone would just do her hair, for God's sake, she's in a gymnastics meet. What the hell do you expect her hair to look like? Good God. It's been over a month. I had a lot to get out of my system. And that's not even factoring in that the next episode, episode 15, I get to talk about the Detroit Lions. Not because I'm some wide-eyed Optimus Lions fan, because it's gonna piss me off a hell of a lot more than these idiots talking about Gabby Douglas's hair and her smile and where she puts her hand. If, it were, if I were Gabby Douglas, instead of putting my hand into my heart, I'd raise up my hand, drop those four other fingers and leave the middle one right there pointed at all of you, because that's what you deserve. But yeah, the next episode's gonna deal with the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna have some fun with this one because it's gonna be the last bit of fun I'm gonna have regarding these idiots because I already know as we get into the NFL season, they're gonna piss me off at least 10 times. My name is Jay Scott Smith, telling you to take care of yourself. God bless, always dare to be different. Always have your pet spayed or neutered. And we are out of here. I promise to you it won't be a month before you hear from me again. Thanks for your support. I'll holla at you next week. Oh, my God. Thanks for coming out. God bless you. Good night. Check it out. This is JSC Radio.